Reinholds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Reinholds Show Podcast. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Reinholds Show Podcast, voted Canada's number one black-hosted podcast uh, in top 100 in iTunes. We are extremely excited for our next guest. Uh, I will affectionately call her the queen of of life number one and then also the queen of online courses uh amy porterfield welcome to the show my friend what a title i'll take both titles i like them thanks for having me this is gonna be fun you know if if uh i'll be honest with you i think if words had feelings they would be your eyes i've done a (laughs) lot of digital deep dive on you uh, and the one thing I really noticed about you, Amy, is is the feeling that you have in your eyes when you talk about stuff. You've said in many interviews about, you know, how sensitive you are and, and you know, you just, you, you wear your heart through your eyes. And I always believe eyes do not lie on, on how oh. somebody's truly feeling. I, I appreciate you saying so. And I do wear my heart. I always say I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I wish I didn't. I wish that I I could hide it sometimes. I can't. So what you see is what you get. So that's a compliment. So thank you. And it, it's really interesting. And you're welcome. You know, we we pulled our listeners and we said, hey, what, what are some of the most burning questions that you had for Amy? And of course, we always get, you know, a million and we're lucky if we, we get one in the interview because our time is really short. But the one thing that people really continuously said was, you know, Ryan, we know her so much for online courses and, and her work, you know, and in kind of empowering women and, and that that woman who's sitting in the cubicle saying, listen, I could do a lot more with my life. Um, but we want to know a little bit about Amy. And when you come on the Reinhold Show podcast, Amy, I don't know if you've done any homework, but when we have guests on, we've had, you know, some of the best in the world. We always say welcome home. This is a safe and a great space to really just kind of you know, showcase who you are and what your journey was like. There's been uh, umpteen interviews that you've done in terms of podcasts and videos and all that. Uh, But the one continuous thing that, you know, you can always tell is you are huge on time management, of course, and you are huge on your family and you're huge on time management. So you can go to your family. And this is kind of the messaging. Could you speak to, to our listener who is saying, oh my gosh, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic I personally think if there's any time to change or to follow your dream or your passion, now is the time, literally. Amen. So true. So, you know, it's funny because I am born and raised in California, went to college in California, like my whole life, never been out of California in terms of where I've lived. And recently over the last 30 days, my husband and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And this was a really big move for me. And the pandemic was part of it. We, I am a stepmom, So my son, he was been in my life since he was four, but he's 18 now. And he went away to college and my husband and I looked at each other and said, I think it's time. We wanted a new adventure. We wanted to try something new, but I also wanted more time with my husband. And so we thought, let's just shake things up and make it happen. So we moved to Nashville and we also bought a lake house, a fixer upper lake house. But the goal has been to find more time together. And it's something that in 12 years of building this online business, I have sacrificed time with my family and friends to do what I wanted to do. I don't think that's necessary. If I could take that part back, I would. So I'm trying to repair it now. 
But my message to a lot of female entrepreneurs, but men as well, is you can have both. You can have that amazing business you want to create, but also that connected life that you want at the same time. And I'm going to be proof of it maybe later in life, but I'm still going to be proof of it. So yeah, I think, and right now, when everything is just big shakeup, nothing Mm. feels normal. Why not go after what you really want? Why not double down on what will make you the most happy? Because you've got this great excuse that the world is crazy so you're gonna do crazy things and Mm. and i say just go with it so amy i I am this person you're talking to i feel as though i don't have anything to teach anybody my voice maybe doesn't matter i'm not saying Mm. that about myself but i'm saying that about we know we know this voice and what 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 is my voice to the world what what could i even remotely teach somebody and i hate to say that because it sounds so bloody negative and so ridiculous in my mind but people out there are feeling this way and they're struggling with that and especially with the pandemic you know I, I'm, a, I'm a silver lining I, I i honestly i don't like the death or the or the debt or the financial issues and impacts from it but i love the pandemic for the sense of the higher power said listen world slow down we're gonna put you on a timeout we're gonna force you to dig deep we're gonna force yeah. you to go inside yourself And you can't go buy some bullshit crappy toys to get away from that feeling that you have inside that you're not living your full self on purpose. So for you, how could you speak to that person that says, Amy, I got nothing to say to nobody. My voice doesn't matter. I got nothing to teach. Like, I need help. So crazy enough, that genuinely 100% was me 12 years ago. I was in a corporate job and I turned to my best girlfriend who I work with and I was starting to want to leave my job. I wanted to be my own. I wanted more, but I turned to her like it was yesterday. I remember it. And I said, I have no skills that would translate into entrepreneurship. I have nothing to say, nothing to teach. And I had, you know, back then probably 15 years of uh, corporate life. I knew marketing. I knew sales. I knew a lot of stuff, but for some reason I thought there's nothing I can say. And so I was there. What I will say to anyone feeling that way or thinking that way is why can't you do it, but the guy next door or the girl next door, she just went for it and Mm. now she's got this thriving opportunity business, whatever it is she's created. Like, believe me, my friend, I believe anybody can do it. It just takes courage and you have to do it even when you believe you might not be able to make it. When I left my corporate job and started this online journey, For two years, I probably said every other day, I might have to go back to my J-O-B. This might not work. (laughs) But I knew more than anything, I didn't want a boss anymore. I was so tired of being on someone else's time and money and schedule and all that stuff. So my point being is it is okay to think you don't have what it takes. It's not okay to sit there and stay stuck and not do anything about it. I want you to move forward anyway, because my friend, everyone has something to share in this world. Everybody has experiences that other people want to know how you did it, what you did, how you worked your way through X, Y, Z. So go ahead and believe maybe you're not capable. Let's just, let's just try it out anyway, because you are immensely capable of creating something new. I want to, I want to go on an observation I've made about you and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong because you're Amy Porterfield and I'm not, but you know, in (laughs) And for everybody listening to the show right now, and I, I, I think I, ha- I owe it to you guys to explain how this whole interview came into fruition. Amy, <laughs> I was literally screwing around on, cl- I won't say I was screwing around on Clubhouse, but 
I didn't know what Clubhouse really was even when I was in the room with you. And I'm like, is this just another attention grab? Is this just another platform to to take away from my beautiful four-year-old son and 18-month-old daughter's lives uh. or my wife, you know? But um, I'm on, you know, Clubhouse and I'm like, okay, I think Lewis was in a room, Lewis House, and then you came in the room and I'd asked you a question because we started talking about podcasting and content and stuff like that. And I said, man, I really want Amy on my show. And I show I shoot my shot with you right there, you know. And I and you said, you, you know what, Ryan, I, I love your question, your voice, because I, I think you brought up the whole Canadian accent thing. Love. Um, and uh, I said, you know what, this is awesome. So, uh, could you kind of speak a little quick to Clubhouse? And is it Clubhouse? Is it Club High School? Is this Club <laughs> Waste Time? Is this Club Impact? Like, what's Amy Porterfield's, you know, thirty second synopsis on your experience, kind of going in and out? Because I've seen in the last week. To ten days, you've been you've been investing some time quite heavy into it. I had I, I I figured I'll go all in, and here's the deal: the first few days, I was like, "What is this? These people just like to hear themselves talk. What's going <laughs> on here?" I was very skeptical the first few days, and then I started getting into these rooms, and people were sharing some really cool things, and I started to take notes, and I thought. Wait a second. These are people I have no idea who they are, never had a connection with them. Now I'm like, they're giving great advice and I'm here to listen. And then I realized, holy cow, people want to hear from me. I can give some advice as well. So I am a fan of Clubhouse, but for two reasons. Number mm. one, I'm a, I think you can learn a lot. If you go into the right rooms and, and you really pay attention. I'm so happy you're enjoying this episode of the Reinhold Show podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Reinhold's Marketing. At Reinhold's Marketing, we offer branding, content creation, consulting to help grow you or your business or your personal brand inside of that business. We know that in a digital world, it is extremely important to have a great presence using the interwebs. This is where we come in, whether it's video production, social media campaigns, you get it. We're online. We help you succeed in whatever goals that may be. If you would like to sponsor an episode of the Rhino Show podcast or partner to reach a, a higher audience and to also maybe have your company or your founder or your figurehead or spokesperson, you know, give a little bit of education on what your company provides in terms of service or offers, please email info at ryanholtz.ca. Also remember to subscribe on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com forward slash ryanholtz where you can find all of our video version of our podcast. And remember, if you're listening on iTunes, please smash a five-star review. We would be greatly appreciated. And this podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts always remember curiosity should be your mandate and uh just want to wish you love prosperity and happiness from the team hold squad take care and enjoy the remainder of this episode over and out and you can learn a lot from people who have gone before you which is how i built my entire business but mm. also it gives if, if you're courageous enough you can go on stage, ask questions, or get on a panel and be an expert there. And all of a sudden, you're finding your voice more. You're speaking up more. A lot of my students are so afraid to even speak up. But with Clubhouse, I'm pulling them up on stage saying, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And it gets easier. I feel like you could find your voice if you really embrace something like Clubhouse. And also, the connections are priceless. You and I would never be here if you didn't jump on with so much excitement, so much uh, confidence and clarity and and I was like, I like this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> yes. And so you, I love that you took your shot. And, and of course you should have because your show's amazing. And I'd love it to be on it. So this is an honor. And 
I just feel like Clubhouse opens opportunities if you're willing to let it. Yes. You know what's interesting, Amy, is that I'm trying to get like, and and, and not, by no means do I mean this in a negative connotation at all. I'm trying to weed out the fakes. I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure my hallway is people that I know are tried, tested, and true. And I don't care if you're broke or you're a zillionaire. I I, that, I, I don't care about your money. I, I care about if you are coming from a good place inside your heart and your energy. So I don't want the the snake oil salesperson. I don't want any of that. I, I'm looking for people that are like, listen, you know, I'm a human too. I, I've, I've been where you are, where they are, all that stuff. And I'm here to, to really just kind of bestow a little bit of wisdom on people who want to take it in and act on it. So have you have you sensed any of that in some of the rooms you popped in and out of? Uh, and, <laughs> I and just I- left a room today. <laughs> I left a room when a guy started uh, telling one of the speakers, hey, I want to invite you to my penthouse where I throw parties and we're going to sh- throw a champagne party for you. And I was like, you needed to say penthouse. What is going on here? Like, it's just, I have these antennas that go up that I don't like the showiness. So I just, I'll leave a room or when, and when I start to get judgy, which I don't like myself when I am, I'm like, I mean, mm. you don't know him, give him, let him do his thing. I'll just leave the room and go on to somewhere else versus like hate on him or be negative the whole time. But yes, you will find your vibe in there. And you will also find people that you're like, what? You should hear my husband in the background. He's blue collar to the bone firefighter doesn't do anything. I see him. I seen him on Instagram. Hey man. Hey, Mr. Sexy. What's up? Mr. Sexy (laughs) with the beard. I seen the beard post the beard. beard. You guys, when we moved to Nashville, he promised to become a mountain man and I just can't handle it with this new beard of his, but he hears clubhouse sometimes. And he's like, who is that? Like, listen, just going to move to a next room. We don't need to have the hate, but it comes up. And so you're right in that. We got to deal with that. We got to figure that out i think you need to create a room we need to create a room on our spouse's thoughts or our partner's <laughs> thoughts on hearing some of this obnoxiousness on clubhouse because oh i'm sorry that room alone would be fire content because my wife is like you know my wife and my wife says all these funny names of stuff she just makes fun of stuff but she's like okay are you on your disneyland thing again or that disneyland app or you know because i'm like yeah I'm, i don't know how else to explain it but i'm like yes honey i'm on my disneyland it is, app it is like and she disneyland. just makes fun of me yeah. right <laughs> Um, kind of, kind of circling back. So when I look at Amy Porterfield and I look at your trajectory, I went in your Instagram and one thing I really am interested about your Instagram is if I go all the way back and I go digital deep dive stalker mode and I go back to 2014, man, your pictures in grid look so different. And I feel right. like, I feel like as I'm scrolling, I'm getting a little bit of a timestamp. I'm getting a little bit of a slideshow. I'm getting a little bit of, holy smokes, this is kind of like. Amy's journey in a digital Instagram way and and, and it's funny because it, it almost seems like when you did start on Instagram you're coming at it from a complete personal perspective there's a lot of personal photos I know we got the um oh my god what's the what's the drink in the in the brass cup that you love so much the, uh, the Moscow meal yes yeah you got yeah. the Mo- you got pictures of the Moscow meals happening in there could you kind of take me is that kind of a reflection of your journey or is that just you know, Ryan, it's kind of random. Like That's no- interesting. So when you went back, you feel like you saw more of the personal side of me than you do on Instagram now? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I think I would just say I, I love the fact that I could. That's number one. Number two, what really made me feel engaged with it was you showed me a real person. Not saying you're not showing me real now, but I felt like I was getting a little bit of Amy, Amy still maybe fine tuning what she's doing. Yes. And she's showing it. 
publicly. I'm looking at things like your graphics. I'm looking at things like your call to actions. Yeah. I'm looking at things <laughs> like like courses. I'm looking at things like your comments and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. holy smokes, like pattern recognition refinement, pattern recognition yeah. refinement. I could be wrong, but I wanted to no, ask you. Totally right. We have refined this brand tenfold over the years. And in the in back in, so I officially started in 2010. So back in 2013, 2014, those were pivotal years for me where I was definitely finding my way, but I had hit the million dollar mark in 2014. Uh-huh. So we had finally like kind of cracked a code and, yes. you know, lots of entrepreneurship uh, or entrepreneurship that like, uh, chase that million dollar mark. I was one of them. Yes. I don't think it's definitely the way to go, <laughs> but I was one of them. I always admit when I was there. And so we were kind of figuring it out, throwing up whatever we thought might work. Now we have a proven system. Now mm. we know what our audience responds to, what they love. Like here's an example. The, I do photo shoots and I take photos and my audience thinks they're great. But when I'm like, hot mess, top knot, hardly any makeup, lighting's not good. I post that picture with my husband, Hobie, and all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, I see you, I love you. And I'm like, why? Why don't you love my photo shoot better? That's more fun. But they want the real, they want the 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 me. And so, and I have to tell you, if we're gonna get really raw and honest on the show, I'm not most comfortable in that respect. I come from corporate, which is super professional. Mm. I am not comfortable letting it all hang out and being all casual online. And Mm. so it's something I have to be very mindful of because my audience wants more of it. I'm looking at your eyes. I mean, I look at your video. I'm a very psychological person. I I often, I'm a great listener, but I often, I, I do listen to what's coming out of your mouth, but I listen to your eyes is what's coming out of your mouth. And it is when you can learn how to listen like that, I feel like I'm trying I'm trying to send energy into somebody I'm talking to and I'm trying to receive that energy 10 times back and I feel that the nutrients of the conversation is completely different because I'll line up my interview with you and 10 other ones you've done and I'm like okay Ryan let's take notes I'm a big football player we used to watch game tape for hours and hours games are won and lost before they're even played in most senses so when I do my interviews I'm a practitioner at figuring out how can I get Amy to show me Amy And my audience is going to love it because they're like, wow, we just got to witness two friends have a beautiful conversation. And that's the Ryan Holt Show podcast. So getting deep, getting raw, this is this is what we're all about. And it's not to get sound bites, but it's just like I I bring up the Instagram because I'm like people who are listening and that are going to go follow you and check out all your stuff. They're going to see this is a real person. This is somebody who showed their journey over the course of time. So. Um, it's interesting. How have you managed to now step in the camera and say, well, I I have to mix corporate, but then I got to mix. Okay. I want to show my dog. I want to show my Hobie. I want to show a little bit of my life. I want to open up my two front doors on Instagram and walk you into my empty new house that we just moved to. And I want to get, and I love that you're sitting in a room with no furniture. It sounds echoey. And you're like, I'm kind of scared shitless. Uh, but I'm going to sit in this right now and I'm going to post this. And yes, how do you do that? I do it the way I do it because there is a girl out there. Typically I'm speaking to the women who she feels like she can't do this. Like no Mm. way. I I can't do it the way Amy does it, or I can't do it the way Ryan does it. And so when we show up too polished, our audience, who's maybe a few steps behind us, they can't relate. 
and mm. I've got to get to her so we can pull her up so she can be part of this party. And so I have to let down my perfectionism, my wanting to look good all the time and sound good all the time. I have to let it go so that she can find me and she can relate to me. And mm. so I don't like to let it go. I want my hair to look great. I want my makeup <laughs> to be on point. I want the lighting to be perfect. And I want you all to love me. I mean, I don't know how I've gotten through 12 years of entrepreneurship wanting people to love me so much. I've been able to break that down the last few years, but it's been hard. But if I just let down all of this, and I do many times in a lot of stuff I do now, especially in my podcast and now in videos, she will find me and I mm. can help her get to where she wants to go. That's why I do that, even when it's not comfortable. I love that. And I have to make a side note here, too, is. One thing I love, I notice about everybody is their eyebrows. So me, I'm like, the first question I want to ask is, is this plucking? Is this threading? Is this waxing? I've been doing my own eyebrows and I think it comes from my football playing days when we used to have to shave our legs. I no longer shave my legs anymore. That's very public knowledge. I don't shave my arms. I don't do none of that. I, I've always shaved my underarms because I'm like, when you're, you're doing sports and you're perspiring, it's just a cleaning. Yeah, but people are like, easy. Ryan, you're obsessed with eyebrows. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yes. So your yeah. eyebrows are always on point. Like it's a non-negotiable for you in any content you do. Now they're a little <laughs> bit big because I was born with this. I'm Italian. So I, I've got, yeah. I've got the hairy eyebrows, but I take very good care of them. I think it's important. Uh, I have a really good friend, Nicole Walters. Do you know that name? Nicole Walters. I love her. I feel like um, I should, but I don't. I'm sorry. You would love her on your podcast. She's amazing. But she's like, listen, I'm trustworthy because you you know it in my eyebrows. Look at my yes. eyebrows. You know you can trust me. And yes. so I always think of that one. But yeah, you and I, we're the same. It's about the eyebrows. And what's really interesting about that, my wife is Middle Eastern Lebanese. So her thick eyebrows when she was a young younger was like a curse for her, which she looked uh, at. And she went down the path of doing the plucking them thin, which now, now she's thickening them. And I'm like, I'm like, babe, all you should have did was... I mean, just take a little wax strip down the middle, do the top, the bottom, you're done. These are Lamborghinis. These are Lamborghinis. You can can even say that. That is so good. I was raised by a single mom, Amy, so I'm very, very in touch with with the feminicity of of life. Um, Kind of going into your niche, and you get asked this question so much, is, okay, you just told me, hey, Ryan, I know exactly who I'm speaking to, which you do, and and you're wrapping all your content you know, you're getting emails, you got the lead magnets happening, all these different things that you're doing. The biggest thing I feel, and a lot of other people feel is, how the heck can we find our girl, our guy, our this person, so that when we're creating content, it's like literally looking at an avatar on the wall and saying, hi, John, hi, Susie, I'm creating this for you and speaking with you. Because to me, the best content out there makes you feel like they're not talking at you. They got the chair beside you saying, hey, I know you got uh, some problems right now. I know you got a couple issues going on. You know, I, I've been there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about it right now. And then they're like, holy crap, this is great. How do we do this, yeah. Amy? How do we do this? Okay, great question. The first thing I want you all to hear is that it takes time. You have to be patient. It took me years to really dial in who I was talking to. I started with talking to everybody, men, yeah. women, anyone who wants to do marketing. I was your girl. Yeah. Obviously that's not the way to go. So I struggled. Why isn't anyone listening? Why aren't they downloading my podcast? Then I got more clear down the road of, Oh, I want to talk to people who want to start an online business specifically. And then I did that for a while. And I started to get questions 
person's like, I want to sell t-shirts online. And I'm like, oh, I don't deal with physical product. I help people who create digital programs. Mm. I'll help you. And then it came to, I do help men and women. I sell pro, uh, programs for men and women, but the women relate to me the most. And so many times I'm speaking to the ladies as well, but this is 12 years in the making. So the thing is, you get really clear on what your expertise is. What are you really good at? The mm. second question is, if you're really good at that, who specifically will find the most value in it? And then you asked, I have to ask your question, do you want to serve them? I have a good friend in the matchmaking industry and she's really good at high-end matchmaking. Mm. And all the men were coming to her. Men wanted to pay her $30,000, $40,000 to find them their true love. She doesn't like to work with the gentlemen. She wants to help the women mm. uh, specifically. So she realized they're coming to me, but they're not who I really am called to serve. So she put a stake in the ground. She's for the ladies. So there's nothing wrong with that, but this will take time. It's like trial and error. Give yourself the space to do so. Mm. You know, it's, inter it's interesting. And I, th I think that's so, so, uh, so relevant when you talk about kind of finding that, that person, it's, it's, it's so tough to kind of crack down on the service you're offering. I want to bring up Joe Rogan because Joe, Joe Rogan is a trifecta. All of us podcast people were like, yo, like there, there's, there's a goat, there's a goat in this business and like <laughs> him or not like him or love him or think he, I don't care. The guy is brilliant <laughs> when it comes to podcasting. Joe Rogan can talk about uh, feminicity and then he can go over into science. He can come back from yeah. science and talk about drugs. He can go from drugs and talk about brutality diversity, whatever it is. And he can just manage it with all his guests. When we talk about niching down, I don't, the Joe Rogan is made his own niche. He's Joe Rogan. How, yeah. what would your advice be to people who are entering into the podcast game and saying, Amy, but I, I want to go wide. I want to go wide. Like Joe, I, I don't want to, I mean, I, I know so much about so much, Amy, and I'm playing the devil's advocate here because you know, right. this question is relevant. It is. Okay. So I never want to squash someone's dream. So if they're like, I want to be like Joe Rogan, I'd say we don't need another Joe Rogan. So let's be yourself, but you could dissect how he did it. You could, you could model the best. However, yep. I think he is a unicorn and I think I am so, um, such a realist. And so I look at someone, I'm like, okay, you're a unicorn and I could try to be a unicorn too, but it would be a whole lot easier. And I think a lot more satisfying if I said, look, I'm just going to focus on my strengths. What do I do best? What do I bring to the table and how can I zone in on the people that I can serve most? So I don't chase the unicorns. I just get really clear on how I can stay in my lane. Listen, I've built an eight figure business by staying mm. in my lane. I mm. don't have tons of digital courses, tons of memberships, tons of products. I have very few and I got really good at what I did. And I want to share something really fast. I teach people how to create digital courses uh, is digital courses. My passion in life. No, I love them. I think yes. they could change the world, but I don't wake up every morning and say, I get to teach how to create a digital <laughs> course today. I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do wake up and I think I get to help somebody realize she's not happy in a nine to five job. She wants something bigger. She can bust through that glass ceiling. I'm going to help her today. That is my passion. I might, I could teach a million other things. I'm really good at organizing a kitchen. I could teach that, but it doesn't have to be my passion. I, my passion is the people I serve. Mm. Can you cook Amy? Are you, can you throw no. it down? No. <laughs> I don't know how I can 
can't organize the kitchen so well, but I cannot. <laughs> can can Ho- can Hobie cook? Like, can this a guy little, throw it down on the? Can little. he throw it down on a grill though? Some some barbecue? Some yeah. Okay, I, yeah, because you know you. I can cook. I can, you know, oh, I cook. I actually, I actually am a great cook. My wife is, is, is literally like, you know, Michelin star style. She, I mean, she's amazing. At it. And she, no culinary school, just give me some flour, some water, some pasta and a dish. And, and it just goes, if you ever went into her Instagram, like she known for her Instagram, it's just pure food pics, right? The food kind of jumps out at you. So there's that. I think that's great. Oh, 2020, 2020, Amy Porterfield. Hey, Amy, we are (laughs) in all of this um, rhetoric of, um, you know, really showcasing our voices. You are on a black hosted podcast right now. And I think this is cool because I want to ask you this question. But before I get to the question I want to ask you, and I'm leading you down a good path here, just so you know, um, is how many black hosted podcasts do you know of out there that you could tell me about today? And this is a self-serving question. Yeah. No, not a lot. And when you said that, when you said that, what did you say in the beginning? You were rated the top number one black Num- hosted podcast in Canada. Voted number, yeah, number vo- number one voted black hosted podcast here in Canada by the By Blacks Magazine People's Choice Awards, right? And just remember, Amy, I, I I mean, legit, I started this podcast technically. When did I create the name and, you know, submit it to iTunes and didn't even know about the new and noteworthy and all that mistakes we make? was about three years ago and then I said my wife says hey man you, you put out 10 episodes like what are you doing with this thing I own a marketing agency my, I, I'm known for my marketing and speaking and all that stuff but she said well either you're gonna do this or you're not gonna do this so the last 12 months we said well let's take it from episode 10 and let's get it up to episode 126 let's bring on the Kevin O'Leary's of the world the Seth Godin's the the Grammy award-winning artist the and let's get our message out there um, and, uh, we don't have a niche. We are, I mean, I've talked to everybody from judges to cops, to criminals, to celebrities, to you, to everybody. And we've done, we've had this massive growth within the last 12 months. Right. And our premise was always about let's debunk the fancy questions. Let's debunk the stuff that we can already find on Google. This is the show that when you come and listen to Amy Porterfield, you're going to find out shit that you cannot Google or Instagram her about. And that's what makes our little unicorn shine at this point. Yeah. Yes. Now, my frustration is we look at the black population in the United States of America. I'm in Canada. I don't have the stats, but I know the stats for the United States of America. When we look at comments and engagement and conversation online, we're looking at 30 to 40 percent is is African-American that generates. So we like to talk. Now, if we like to talk so much, where is all my my hosts at? Where's all my black podcast hosts at? Where's where where are we doing those things? And and I don't mean hopping on a clubhouse room. And I can say it. I'm a black dude. I, I'll go there. I don't want to be the one black person in the speaker lineup. I don't want to be the one black person in the clubhouse room. Um, but that being said, that's that's kind of on us. Now my mom is German and my dad is Jamaican, so I'm half black, half white. But I always tell the joke. You know, in Canada here, we don't have nowhere near what's happened in the United States in terms of the bad stuff. But if, if you know, if I'm running down the street or something, the, the police officer is not going to be like, look at that half German guy. That's not going <laughs> to happen. You know, I'm a, I'm, I look like a black man. I'm going to be identified with that. I'm happy about that. I think my thing is, and, and this is for everybody listening for Black History Month, uh, is the fact of what, 
you know, you said something in, in 2020, people started coming at you and saying, hey, how come your team isn't diverse? You know, yeah. we're not seeing that. How come you're not having, you know, over 300 uh, episodes at that time? How come you're not having guests on, you know, that look like that? And I know you, yep. you know, you kind of, and then you fired back with something, a quote of, of a woman who is white on a black topic and you got, okay, so you got real. I want to be careful about that. Yes. Before I was called out. I yes. did that, and that's Correct. why Sorry. I was initially called out, which Correct. was totally wrong on my part. I will never do that again, where I used a white woman actress to give a, a great quote, but about George Floyd. Like, yes. why would yes. I ever have done that? I mean, I'm yes. so ignorant. And first of all, I was a white woman. Second of all, it wasn't even my words. Yes. But I deserve to be called out. Yes. But that's what started people coming to me like, wait a second, and let's look at your podcast. And what about your team? Yeah. What about your community? And they were a million percent right. But my, you know, yeah, and I, and I hear that, but I, I think it's a great conversation. And, and I really wanted to give you my platform to, to discuss that a bit because we do get, I get a lot of messages from people who are, you know, white and, and Latin and, and Hispanic and, and all kinds of saying, hey, Ryan, you know, I really want to try to get my voice out into this marketplace but I feel that, you know, because of this and that, and I hate to say that statement, but it is true. Some people do feel that way. I'm trying to be a beacon of hope where I'm like, listen, if, if I can, you can, and I'm going to show you through the work that we're doing. I have Amy Porterfield now on my podcast that said, man, in 2020, you know, I, I kind of made a little oopsie and you took ownership of it and you were very public and saying, hey, I cried for weeks about all this. I was getting attacked online. And you even brought up the fact of, hey, I had, you know, I had some guys kind of coming at me and you said, listen, I, you know, my childhood and some of the debt, because you said out of your mouth, you said, I have daddy issues sometimes. So this is a whole nether gamut for me. Yeah, Um, there was a guy that came at me after I apologized and he said, shame on you. And I could cry right now hearing that because I don't even know who that dude was, but it felt like, you know, I had some daddy issues when I was younger and of wanting to please and when I couldn't. And so it was very emotional, but it's not about me being emotional. What I did, I was wrong. So mm. can I address that really quick? I think Absolutely. Please, I, I, please, okay. please. So I was, like I said, ignorant and I had this podcast wildly popular over 300 episodes. We counted and there were like very few people of color on my show, but it's, it, it was more men versus women of color. Mm. So I thought if I'm here for the ladies, if I'm helping women become entrepreneurs, I have to help all women. Mm. And my, my social circle was so white that I didn't even have mm. women of color showing up in my news feeds oh, or anything okay, like okay. that. That makes sense. So yeah, I, sense. and then I had a really good girlfriend who was a black woman said to me, how, are you guys just all you white people just coming together in masterminds? And like, how do you, how do I even get in there? I'm never even invited. Mm. Like my heart just stopped. I thought I am part of this problem and didn't even realize it. So Mm. what I did is I made it a commitment to change the way I do business, change the way I hire, change the way I do my podcast. And I have to tell you, and I I hired a DEI consultant that I literally meet with weekly. Like she's in my business now. And I have to tell you, my business is better for it. My podcast is more interesting. My communities are more fun and Mm. more experiences and more voices. My team is more diverse. So they're bringing issues to the table. Like you can't say it like that, Amy, or we need to change how we're doing this or our hiring practices are not inviting or whatever it might be. Mm. So literally everything has changed, but holy heck, probably the hardest part of my entire business was those few weeks where I was like, 
I was wrong. I was so mm. wrong. You know it. I'm embarrassed to say that. You know what, though? No. Like, and I wanted to bring this up because I just thought you and I come from, like, we're just different people, but we connect on so many different similarities at the same token. And it, it gives such depth to the conversation. I never ever liked the victimization of anything where people say, you know, the generalized statements. I'm not a generalized statement person because um, everybody's story and situation is completely different on, on an individual basis. I think what I try to really try to portray and do is how can I kind of give a good leg or good piece of information to maybe kind of get that person to take that step because I ask myself I say well you know Amy, it's not like Amy's saying hey you know I, I only want to talk to Caucasian people it does there's no way you're doing that however right. if your social circle is that well this is kind of what happens I mean we know this and you know success 101 if you are in a room full of unsuccessful people and you stay there too long the chances of you becoming successful are probably not the best Right. Right. But if right. you're in a room full of people who you're like, oh, my gosh, I was in a room today and I definitely was not the smartest person. And I'm so happy for it because I am getting all that knowledge. in. I think it's a two part thing. But I think my question to you is that after being such a content creator and podcast host and doing this, and I know you're good friends with like Jenna Kucher and she does a lot of the body positive stuff. How have you do you ever have you ever thought like, how come I don't see a lot of like diverse content creators per se? And you do see them, but on the black, on the, on the, on the, on the hosting side, like I even did a thing and this is hilarious, Amy. I typed into Google cause I'm like, I want to, I, I typed in diverse podcast hosts. Like, and then I was like black podcast hosts, Latin uh, podcast hosts, Chinese podcast hosts. And I, it wasn't like, there wasn't, there wasn't much. And I was just like, Ryan, like you can't, you can't, no, this is a, this is impossible. So I'm coming at it from a different perspective than you might think I'm coming at it from. I'm coming at it. What kind of opportunities would you say there is for people out there, given the fact that there's clearly a hole and a gap in the marketplace and, and from Huge. the, even, Great even from the course creation, because here's where I'm going down and, I, and, I, and, and Amy, I hope you can answer this. If I said tomorrow, Amy, I don't have an online course. But I've been a successful black podcast host. I don't want to sell the fact that I'm a black podcast host. I'm a human being. However, there's probably material that I could come up with that would help people in that situation get their show up and running and have it, you know, kind of go into the success path. What would you say to that? Because there has to be opportunities for that. I would say one million percent. Let's get it going. <laughs> yes. And I think. You, you asked such a great question. What kind of opportunities that the opportunities are endless and there are so much that is, there's so much diversity needed in podcasting and in digital courses that I don't, I think if I could do better, if I could do something or say something to get more people to want to be a part of this, I, I, I'll do whatever it takes because even when I'm looking for success stories in my digital course Academy community, it's getting easier now, but before it was like, I can't find one black woman or one black man that is a testimonial for me. Mm. And then I realized, but I, I don't think it's their fault. It's my fault. They, they didn't feel welcome in my community. So I feel like it is my job to help more people of color get into the digital course you, world. But don't you think that's kind of an unfair statement to yourself, Amy? Like, you know, to say, <laughs> I mean, it, it's such a big topic, but I, I just feel like it's, I don't know, it's a two-way street on this one. You know, I don't, I don't think you can sit back and take that kind of 
um, ownership over like, yes, of course, in your minute, everyday, miniature, you know, interactions with human beings and stuff like that through the comments, for sure. I think there's a great um, opportunity for you in your business in, in the sense of, of, of saying, hey, we are going to create courses. We are going to target that without making it seem like, you know, that's the black course division or like because some people, right. you know, this, they come at it terrible. Like, don't do that. You know, just so true. They're, they're human so beings. True. But I want to give you credit. I'm looking at your Instagram. You're doing you, you know, you've talked a lot about body positive imagery. I seen how you had a lady on. You're having diverse women come on the show. You're, you're interviewing them and you're turning the camera around. And so you're already doing your part. And you said, hey, like, I'm, I, I understand what, what I could do. I, and I think you also understand the platform that you have. And when you have the platform that you do, you can literally make a direct impact just by kind of coming out and talking about, as you're talking about it with me right now. This is a that's beautiful conversation, the by I the way. Work. Yeah, that's the part that I think why it's my responsibility. I have this huge platform and I've always been scared to speak up and ruffle feathers. I mean, when I posted on my social media about a female VP, I cannot tell you how many people said, see ya, I can't believe you're using your platform like this. How dare you? You just lost a paying customer. Thousands of people left yep. my platform and I'm fine with it. That's fine. But they weren't used to me speaking up. So I'm like, oh, whoa, there's power here. I better use it wisely. Yes. And if I can encourage more people of color to podcast and create courses and get their voice out there, I can't worry about their responsibility to, to do the things. All I can think about is mine. What can mm. I do to help? And that's the only thing I could think of. And I think that there's a lot I can do. So, And Amy, I, I come at this from a humble place and I love what you said there because I've had a lot of success as a business owner. I'm 36 years old now, but I've, I, I, I've owned a business since I was 24 years old. I've sold two businesses um, and I've created stuff and I have a pattern. I have, I have the, I have the reputation of starting businesses and they do very well, but, and I use myself as kind of a, Hey, can I, can I, can I use this show and this conversation to impact people? But you know what I'm guilty on? I don't got a huh. course. I'm never, I've never sat down and said, Ryan, you got all your systems processes in place. You know, let's, let's turn this into a, I mean, I got all the, I could do a course right now. Hey, welcome to the blah, 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 blah. Right. So, but, but this has been, uh, you know, full disclosure and and vulnerability moment for me is, um, there's something I'm not scared to do that. I just, um, I I think I'm kind of scared going so deep into my mind that I'm like, Ryan, you can't just use that talent and that work ethic. Like, let's get really, you know, bogged down into this. So that voice kind of creeps in of like, uh, you know where do I begin? Even though I'm like, oh my god, I got so much to begin with. I know that, right? And I'm, 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 I'm like your your paying customer too. And people who listen to the show, <laughs> I like to make it honest. They're like Ryan, you know, we we kind of view you as an expert and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm an expert at learning every day. <laughs> you know, I'm an yeah. expert at keep learning every day. You know, I'm a great learner. So um, I, I'm jacked to talk to you today because I just thought. And full disclosure, you know, even Amy's assistant said, Ryan, do you have any questions to send over? I said no. I don't have any questions. I, I just want to have a beautiful conversation with Amy. Um, and, you know, that's a trust building uh, exercise between yourself and if, myself. If you ever create a course around how to start a podcast or how to, you know, blow up a podcast the way you have, please teach how to do these conversations so seamlessly and casually. I can't do what you just did. I have mm. a wildly successful podcast and I still cannot do what you just did. 
I research, I write my questions in advance, I read over them, I am a preparer to the core. And I wish I could do more off the cuff. I don't know how to do what you just did here. So I'll buy your course. I've never, <laughs> and I appreciate you for that. I, and I've never written down a question. You know, you, you, you haven't seen me look at any, you haven't seen me look at any questions right now, or even you don't see a pen in my hand writing down, but I've done, I do my digital deep dive on you. You know, I've probably watched six, seven hours worth of content on you. Not just saying, Oh my God, Amy Porterfield saying, yo, you know, I want to uh, Hobie, the beard. Okay. The dog, the two doors, the house, the emptiness, the vulnerability, you know, and packing that all up into those great eyebrows, right? Okay. You know, <laughs> I have to say the eyebrows. I have to say something really fast though. Sure. Uh, since this is an honest and raw show, when I hear people don't prepare questions, there is this judgmental side of me. I'm very, very open about like, if I catch myself being judgmental, I'm like, no, no, but it will happen. It happens for please, all of us, right? Please. The minute I hear no questions. I think, oh, they're just being lazy. And then you just said, I took a deep, you know everything about me. You know more about me than my mom does. Like you just took a deep dive. You spent six, seven hours. And isn't it interesting that I just think if you don't prepare questions, you're lazy and you're not doing your due diligence and you're like, just did a beautiful conversation and you did all the research you did. But Amy, you were judgmental on the tactic, not the goal. You need to be you need right. to be judgmental on the goal. Listen, you could be Larry King and sit down and Larry King is infamous for literally not really having any questions prepared. However, when we study Larry King, he he's a master at research, yeah. right? I know exactly who I'm talking to and even as you're in the clubhouse there, I didn't ask you to hey, you know, just would you come on my show, Amy? Like uh, this was not random. You know, I've had my eye on you before Clubhouse. And then I'm like, Amy Porterfield's in a room. Let's go into that room. Let's listen. And you know what my tactic has been on Clubhouse right now, Amy? It hasn't been coming in. It hasn't been coming in as the expert role. It's been coming in as I've even asked questions and I've had people kind of call me out on it. They're like, Ryan, you're in a podcast basics 101 room and you're asking about like, what kind of (laughs) microphone does somebody like? Because what I'm trying to figure out is where is people's pitfalls? That to me. I'm good. If I'm creating a course on podcasting, I'm hitting up every single beginner's room for podcasting. I'm writing down all the frequently asked questions. I'm going to Wikipedia. I'm going to book reviews, reading the Amazon for what the customers are saying. And I'm figuring out, get into their mind, Ryan. And when you create that course, talk to them where they're like, holy crap, wait a sec. I just asked that question yesterday. Ryan just talked about it today. That to me is what you have to do to have a successful interview, but to be successful in anything. I love the research though. It's the game. There's levels so, to the game. Great lesson. That's a great lesson that you'll so, put the time to the research. So, Amy, my uh, my question to you is, and I, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up soon here. I know I only got so much time with you, but um, what could we do? What could I help you with? Is there anything I can do for you? It's the question I always leave off with guests. It's an open ended question, and I always say, convert the opportunity in the moment. So when I ask this question, I actually mean it. What can I do for you in exchange for you giving me your wonderful time today? Wow. You know, usually when people ask me that, I'm like, they don't mean it. They're just, no, I emphasize you know, on it. And, I emphasize on I, it. I could feel it. Yeah, I feel yeah. It. Like, I'm here for the next, I'm in no rush rate. Like, you could say, Ryan, well, okay, go get your binder. And you're like, well, actually, let's start with point one. I'm here for you. <laughs> I, you know... All roads lead back to my program, Digital Course Academy. I'm on yep. a mission to help more and more people take their expertise and their knowledge and know-how and turn that into a digital course. So any ideas you had 
for me getting out in front of more audiences to help them understand that digital courses are very doable. They can do this. I am all ears. Well, I think what I'm doing, and I don't know any of your pricing, but the one thing I've looked at your site is I said, well, I want to create a course and I'm like, I might, act, I might, I might go through you and I, I would love to do it. I, I'm even willing to do it on a, you know, where, you know, where you, you actually create something and you're saying, I'm not just going to talk about it. We're going to actually show the path to creation. Could you imagine we create like a 101 and you're like, holy crap, like yeah. this went from, this went from a whiteboard to like, holy smokes, you can go and put your credit card in. And this thing will get you up and running. That, to me, is very appealing. So I'm down for anything. But I want to be of service to you. And I really love your stuff, my friend. It's a, it's a, it's a mutual respect for you. And your eyes, you're so emotional. I love it. I, I, feel, that, I feel that humanity in you. It's, it's just great. Oh, Don't lose that. Thank you. I, I, I will never. So I appreciate that. And, and I do have to tell you, thank you for, for inviting me here. This has been extra special. I, I feel why this show is special. And so like, I get it now. So this is fantastic. Perfect. And everybody listening to the show, I'm going to put all of Amy's details where you can find her courses, her content, her husband, Hobie, all in the show <laughs> notes. You guys are going to love this episode. And there is plenty in this 40 some minute chat that we've had and again if you've not written a five-star review on the rhino show podcast please do that and tag when we post this tag us and i would love to share it amy thank you so much my friend and remember curiosity should always be your mandate thank you so very much take care amy ciao